What is up, quality people? Welcome back to a quality pod here on the Quality Life YouTube channel. My name is Joshua Prophet, and I'm joined by my beautiful girlfriend, Kenya McIntosh. Yes, yes. Hey, we got a great show lined up for you guys. Let us know where you're tuning in here from. We're going to give you all a little bit of time to, you know, get into the live, start rocking out with us. Make sure that you. Because we don't want to be quality by ourselves. No, no, not no. Not at all. Hey, so you saw the title. It's called God's Calling. And we have two stories that are Christians responding to just that, God's calling. And we're going to try to have a fruitful conversation about how to be led by the Spirit and how to hear God's call. What? and how to decipher what is God's call. So we got a really good show lined up for you. First, let me see where people are tuning in from. Uh, looks like T-Max in the house, the faithful viewer. T-Mac, hello. Hello, 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 hello. And then we have luxurious elements as well. Greetings, lovelies. It looks like everybody's a little late to the party today, so we'll give them a little bit of time to... You know, roll in here. Yeah, come on. Last stream of the week. We got to turn up here. Uh, now, if you're listening to this on the podcast app or whatever, just audio only, uh, make sure that you come over to the YouTube channel. It's at the Quality Life. Uh, and you'll, one, you'll get to see us and see what we look like. Yeah. And two, you'll also get to experience yeah. with the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Join us live, get involved with the chat. We have a really good community that we are growing. I think we're up to 406 or 407, something mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. um, in subscribers. So we have grown almost 100 in the last. Uh, three weeks, yeah. which is which is great growth. Welcome, new people. Compared to the first, uh, the first year that we did this, but we were trying to stay consistent. Oh, we got Aunt Cindy in the house. Hello, Aunt Cindy. Hello, everyone. MD is in the zone, straight from the DMV. Welcome, Aunt Cindy. Welcome, Aunt Cindy. All right, uh, I think it's a. Uh, are you doing good? Do you have a good day? I did. I had a really fun day, actually. Oh, tell us about your day really fast. Yeah, me and my little sister, we played pickleball. And that was pretty fun. You say little, like... She's my little sister. She is your little sister. She's your younger sister. My younger sister. Because when you say little, they're going to think, like, oh, you went out with your little 12-year-old okay, sister. Okay, okay. She's, she's my younger sister. Was she, 21? She's 22. She's tw See? Look. <laughs> yeah, we played pickleball today. That was really fun. Yeah, how was your day? It was great. I spent most of the day trying to prepare for this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, these shows take a lot to prepare for as far as getting the clips and then, you know, organizing the, we have like a run of show and then making sure everything works properly, which as if you watched yesterday, it didn't, but I mean, we still rock on. We're yeah. still doing the Lord's work out claps, here, you know. Claps yeah. for Josh yeah. and all his hard work. It's yeah. appreciated. Let me get some cheers. Hey, we got a great show, oh, quality people. Yeah, we got claps. We got, uh, we got, we got some new sounds okay, today. We okay. got some new sounds. So we're we are, we are uh, adding to the soundboard, extending our repertoire, if you will. I like it. Yeah. Let's get into the first one. Country music star basically just gave up everything. To follow Jesus. To literally follow Jesus. We're about to get into that right 
now. Slain by the spirit and the right way. Country music star gives up fame to pursue ministry. And who is that country music star? His name is Granger Smith. Quality people, this is the quality life. And that's a life that leads you closer to Christ. Make sure that you... Because we are on a mission to change the world with practical religion. That good stuff. Stuff that you can actually live out. That good good. Not that woo 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 woo. But the good good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But today we got a, a fantastic story. Granger Smith put out uh probably I think it was about two weeks ago now. Uh he put out an Instagram post and he's a big country music star. Um he's not the biggest, but he's very popular. Um a lot of people that I know follow him or knew of him. And he basically said, hey, uh, I'm quitting country music, I'm quitting touring, and I'm going to do pursue ministry full times because mm-hmm. that is what God is leading me to do. And so here is him kind of breaking down and explaining his decision and how he felt God was tugging on his heart. Hey, guys. I've been so nervous to make this video just because of the implications of what it means for my life and my family. But I'm making this video, I'm making this post to announce that this summer is my last ever tour. I have felt a strong desire to pursue ministry. And this doesn't mean I'm going to start a church or a crusade or a revival. Um, this means that me and my family are going to serve our local church. We're going to pour into that church as members. Amen. And have Amen. my pastors and elders pour into me and disciple me and teach me as I, as I sit under their wise teaching. And then Lord willing, one day they can affirm me into the next steps of what that might look like to glorify God best from my platform. I just want to stop right there because a lot of people will be like, Oh, like you're just being persuaded by the Christians and they really got you up under their thumb, basically. Or you're kind of being brainwashed away from, or you're, they're making you feel guilty about this great life that you built. But it sounds to me like, no, he's really thought about this. And he's like, no, like I understand that I've had this great gift to share my story through country music and I've done a lot made a lot of money I've been able to support my family but at this point in my life now I feel like God is leading me in a different direction so it's almost it's not that he's feeling guilty or that he is being shamed into ministry because of you know how his faith is evolving but it's more like hey like no this is something that God's calling me to do and so now I need to shift directions and that'll be more self-evident as he continues. Yeah. And I, I think it really shows like you really know your calling based on your desire to an extent, like if you're studying your word, seeking God. And then once all those things are taking place, that's Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And then once you start feeling like this really big tug towards a certain direction, that's how you can. Yeah. Your conscience becomes clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. I've also been attending seminary. Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That just takes a ton ton of time to pursue my MA there. Uh, But this is a time of learning and growing for me. 
And that that may explain to some of you why I've, I've, I've appeared maybe distant, especially to music lately. Um, I've also, I have a book coming out August the 1st. It's called Like a River. And it shouldn't surprise you what that book is about, but... Now, he, he goes on to say that he's has a book coming out. Now, this is, he's going to mention it briefly, but him and his wife lost a son a couple years ago in a tragic incident where their son ended up drowning. And so that is what his book is about. And his book is also, and I'm, I haven't read it, this is just from what I've researched on it and what I've heard him say, is how God has really blessed him as a result of that incident or from that incident, even though it was a tragic, sad incident, it actually renewed his faith and helped him grow closer to God, him, his wife, his whole family closer to God, um, instead of saying, oh no, there must not be a God or being mad at God that something so tragic could happen. So I think that's a, a beautiful lesson that we can take from this as well. But he's going to explain that here. That's about from when I lost my son, Rip, to when we had Mav and everything in between that the Lord did in a radical way of opening my eyes. And that, that message is, is so important to tell. It's the most important piece of media that I could ever release, that I ever have released. And so it's going to take a lot of time for me to get out and Lord willing do some kind of book tour to talk about that, to get it in front of as many people to, to hear that message because it's become a, a life mission for me. I know that a lot of y'all might not understand this at all, and maybe you'll be upset about it. Maybe you'll think that I'm deceiving you or that I'm following some sky god. or, mm, or Here it maybe, is. Maybe you think that it, I'm not relevant at all to, for it to even matter. So before he gets to the heart of the matter, I just want to, I want you to just really think about what he's about to say because he's about to give you his reasoning and why he felt called to do this. So here we go. And, and that's okay. That's not what this video is about. This, this video, what I want to show you is that when I read Mark 8 in the Bible and Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. That, that image of taking up that cross, the most gruesome form of, of execution, to take up that cross and follow and deny himself, that form of self-denial is something I'm just not doing. In country. Hold up. Mm. Now that takes a lot of self-awareness self-awareness and it takes a lot of humility mm -hmm. to actually admit to yourself especially in the position that he's in mm -hmm. he's in a position where he can go out and tour and make a bunch of money and have fans you know scream his name and do this but then he's also now wrestling with the fact that oh am i doing this for the right reason am i serving christ with, as I go deeper in Christ, is this is what I'm doing helping me become more Christ-like, or is it conflicting, mm -hmm. right? And it may not conflict for other people, as you'll hear him say in a little bit. But for him, and it's his some, and his journey and where he is at with his faith. Because who knows? Maybe he works it out and he returns back to you know touring country music, or maybe he starts singing you know you know Christian songs and doing um, things unto the Lord, but. Right now in his walk with life, he has enough discernment and enough wisdom to know, all right, if I really want to grow closer to Christ, here's the direction that I need to go. 
your music, when I get up on a stage and just need glorification and need praise, and if I don't get it, then that means my career is not doing well, and I and so I'd work harder for that. I can't reconcile those two things, y'all. I can't. I can't. can't you just go to see like the sincerity in everything just right. coming out. Yeah, you could tell that he really thought about it. He really prayed, um, and he he probably leaned on friends and family uh, for some guidance as well. And this isn't just the decision that he's making on a whim. It's a it's a heartfelt decision, and but it's also a decision that he's made with clarity of mind. Mm-hmm. Pursue ministry and be poured in by my pastors and elders and then go out on the weekends and try to be exalting myself. I, I, I think that's a contradiction. I'm not, it's not nothing against anyone else that can do music and succeed in denying themselves. I just, I'm not very good at it. So I, w- I want to be able to sacrifice and through that kind of sanctification, that layer of coming off of me as I, as I have learned and, and grow and, and glorify God, this is the next move I'm making. This, this tour is going to go through about Labor Day, and it's going to be all about you guys. It's going to be about playing the old songs that you've always wanted to hear and being able to show gratitude and just say thank you for, for so many years. I've toured for 24 years. So you can, you can see... 24 oh, years. This is for me and how hard it is. And, and yet so exciting. And, and I'm so hopeful about this future and about, about what it holds for me and my family. And Amber and I have been totally united on this. She's my best friend. And she's my first counsel. We've been praying over this very video right here that I'm making. Hold up. Listen to what he just said. You got a praying wife. Yeah, but he, she is his first counsel. Mm-hmm. And so... The idea that he didn't just rely on himself to make this decision, which is part of the reason why he was even wrestling with the decision, because everything was coming from a seemingly selfish place and a place where he was exalting himself rather than you know denying himself and letting his works for Christ be exalted or the, the work that Christ has done in him be exalted. And so the fact that he was able to expand for and seek help outside of himself shows the maturity that he has as a Christian um, and that he's growing because he was like, she's my first counsel, which meant that he's also probably seeking uh, the wise counsel of, you know, he mentioned the elders at his church Mm -hmm. and he's joining seminary. So he's, he's kind of learning how he should be surrounded by a community of like-minded people than be, you know, equally yoked. Yeah, I was going to mention that, like, in order, because dying to yourself is hard. Like, that's probably one of the hardest things any Christian can go through is, is putting God completely first. Yes. So him surrounding himself with his community, putting his wife first, all that kind of stuff, definitely... Makes it an easier journey. No, for real. Yeah. Amen. Life is better with uh, good people around you. I know there's going to be a lot of questions, and I'm going to try to stay engaged and try to answer questions. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here. But I just wanted to get this off my chest out here in the woods to tell you guys that I love you. And so that is... Dang, I forgot. Granger Smith. I was about to say River, but that was his son. Um, That was Granger Smith... 
beautiful message on how we should deny ourselves and make making sure that we evaluate ourselves to ensure that we are denying ourselves. Like even for us on these platforms, it's like, are we doing this for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Are we doing this to show everybody that, you know, look at the information we got, look what we can tell you, or are we actually doing this to for, for the benefit of others, for the benefit and to build the kingdom mm-hmm. of God? And so we have a question, and our first question is... Should we all give up our lives for ministry? So, what say you, Josh? I mean, I don't think that's necessary. I think it's it depends on the calling that God has on your life. And so, back to what we always say, you always need to be like Jesus should be at the top of the mountain and as you're going closer to the top of the mountain, you're becoming more Christ-like because you can see his image you know, more vividly, more clearly. And as you become more Christ-like, then you're actually gaining more wisdom, you're gaining more discernment, and you now have the tools to utilize that wisdom to know, all right, what I'm doing in my life, or to know if what you're doing in your life is being effective as far as building the kingdom of God, or if it's, you know, contradictory to building the kingdom of God and you're actually exalting yourself. So I don't think everyone's called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, or in the sense of like, you're a minister yeah, yeah, at yeah. the church. I think everyone's called to ministry as far as like spreading the gospel, spreading yeah. the good news and discipleship. Mm-hmm. But I don't think everybody's called to be a pastor, be a priest or a deacon, deaconess, what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that because um, I would say, I would say, yeah. In order, you should spread the gospel. You should put those things as a forefront of your daily life, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I would agree that not everyone is called to be a pastor or a minister or to teach. No, I totally agree with that. Hey, we got some points, guys, and our first point is. Stepping out on faith is moving towards a goal. And so we really uh, wanted to hit this point because every decision that you make as a Christian should be towards, you know, becoming more like Christ. That should be at the focal point of every single decision that you that you make. Yeah, and like stepping out on faith is like taking a step even though you don't know where you're going to go, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just completely leaning on God and his instruction. And it's like, once you get that inkling, you know, that little tug, right. like, you, know where you know, you have the first step. But it's also like, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, Yeah. but you also have the goal in mind because mm-hmm. like I yeah. said, the goal is Christ. And so, yeah, uh, we don't know what's going to happen even in our, you know, daily routines that we've already built even if they're not Christ-like, but we've built this routine. So we we have an idea of how it's going to go, but we don't actually know. And so now when we shift our focus, now we're stepping out in faith uh, because the grass over here is, or the path over here is more unknown. And so you have to, but you still have a intended destination in mind. And so that's kind of the point is like, stepping out on faith is actually moving towards a goal. It's not just blindly walking this way or blindly walking that way. It's like, no, we're fixing our minds on Jesus. And ideally, we're moving forward in a more positive direction as a result. So that gets us to our second point. And our second point is, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your conscience is reliable. And 
I think that's big because when you are seeking after the Holy Spirit, then you can actually rely on, you know, your conscience because you're becoming, you're literally becoming more like Christ and back to he's pouring wisdom into you the more you go deeper into him. And so you can actually, you know, trust your mind and trust, you know, your conscience more. Obviously, like he said, you want to seek your counsel um, and the people around you um, just to get a different perspective and make sure that what your conscience is saying is, you know, helping you move in a biblical way. But your conscience becomes more reliable the more you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so... I have a Bible verse, and it is Romans 8, 6. It says, To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And I think Granger did that beautifully because if he was set, if he just kept going throughout that life, he would he would feel like he was dying in a sense. And not dying like, you know, I mean, we're all going to die, but not dying in a sense. Yeah. Bo- battle like internal battle right and he i don't think he would feel like he was fulfilling his purpose in christ to the fullest he wouldn't have peace and he wouldn't have life in a sense because he wouldn't be living freely Mm -hmm. and so that's why we always need to answer the call to god and so let's get into our last point and our last point is your journey to christ must be more important than the plan others have for your life. And so this all goes back to, are you going to follow the plans of what other people have for your life? Or are you going to set your focus on Jesus and then, you know, follow the plan that he has for your life, be led towards him as, you know, you know, back to what we always say, like, let the Lord be a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. One of my favorite Bible verses is like, are you letting that happen? Or are you listening to everybody over here? Because I'm sure in his situation, he has millions of fans like, no, I want you to keep making music. Mm-hmm. I want you to keep touring. Like, this is unfair, you know, because they feel entitled to the gifts that God has given him. But he's saying, no, I need to take a step back. Yeah, God's blessed me with this awesome gifts, but I need to serve him in a different way at this point in my life. And then maybe I'll come back because he hasn't said that. I'm just quitting music yeah. forever. You know, he's just saying like right now at this point in time in my life, I need to shift directions a little bit. Yeah. It's like we have to have Jesus as the cornerstone. So like the cornerstone of our life. So it's like if he's removed from it, everything else crumbles. Yeah. I mean, amen, amen. to that. Guys, we want to know what you think about this. I thought this was a great story. If you're watching the replay, you're going to want to check out this video right in front of me. Hey, don't be the serve the alpha and And omega. We'll be right back with the hangout. My face like just broke out. I felt so ugly, guys. Reading and diving into the word about it. One, it could be way worse. And two, that's not what defines my beauty. What defines my beauty is like I what I present to the world, what God has given me. You don't need to be fixed. There's nothing that about you that needs to be physically fixed. And that's what makes us beautiful. It's like the inward work that he does. Some people can get so like consumed, like especially as a girl, like you can get so consumed with, oh, I got to have my lashes. I have have to have a beat face. Mm -hmm. I have to look a certain way so I can get this kind of man or I can 
get friends. I think it really takes like a point in life where it's like, those things don't matter. There's perfection in your imperfection and that perfection is gonna come for the work that Christ does in your life um, to make you, you know, spiritually better rather than you know physically better. A lot of people end up going into situationships because they're like, well, I'm not ready to be in a relationship yet. But right. it's like, but you're doing everything that would be a relationship wise. You're seeing them. And you don't have a commitment. Yeah, you don't. So it's like, why don't you know deep down, like I said this in my video, you know deep down you want a relationship. Right. So just be intentional about wanting a relationship. You want somebody of good character and of good virtue rather than, you know, somebody who you are just off the charts physically attracted to, but they have, you know, the things and the characteristics that won't allow them to inherit the kingdom of God. It's the Quality Hangout. It's time to read your comments and answer your questions. Quality people, this is Quality Life. Make sure that you... Life for the algorithm. Hey, we're about to have some fun. Man, if you're just listening to this on the uh, just the audio only on a podcast app, you're going to want to come out here live. Like We stress this all the time. I know it's your second time hearing it, but this is fun because then... You get to interact with us in real time, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we get to read your comments. We get to answer your questions. Uh, first, before we get into, you know, you know, just your comments and questions, we are going to tell you about the tea that we are sipping today. And I have lovely peppermint tea. Does it taste a little different? I mean, it's. I was about to mention that it's <laughs> it's too bagged, so it's a it's strong. It's really good though. It's really good. It's surprise. I surprised you. It's a perfect amount of honey. You always surprise me. I put peppermint with the honey chamomile. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that, oh so that's why. Yeah, that's really good. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Mm. I see how you're working. <laughs> I see how you're working. That's initiative. Oh, uh, yeah. I like uh -huh. that. Uh -huh. I like that. I'm, yeah, I'm that. sipping on the same thing. Yeah. She's mine. Get away. All right, so what are you sipping on? Same thing. Oh, same thing. So you just you just like that. Yeah, it's good. It's actually very good. Like, like it's very good. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, let's get into some comments. Do you have the key pulled up? I do. All right, go ahead and pop them things on the screen. Aunt Cindy says, amen. He's obeying God. Yes, yes, he is. Don't we love to see it? Is this uh, Slayton Slayton? Slayton Slayton? Slayton Massey? Is that Slayton? That is Slayton hey, Massey. shout out Slayton. What's up, Slayton? Welcome. Yeah, welcome, Slayton. That's awesome. Shout out to Slayton in hey. the building. Should have been here early gray. Earl gray. Earl gray. What does that mean? It's a type of tea. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, it has caffeine though, so that's like a morning breakfast tea. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I I need to. I'm already an energetic person, so I can't I can't do anything with like caffeine, or else I'll just be like on ten all the time. All right, <laughs> I can what, do caffeine though. Yeah, do you? Because you're narcoleptic, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You're bad. You're not wrong. <laughs> all right. Miss um, Sonia says, I love this topic. He would not rest if you were disobedient to his calling. Amen to that. Amen. 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 
She also says our lives should reflect Christ. Not all are called to preach. However, we are all called to spread and represent Him. Yes, called to spread and represent Him. And that first starts with, you know, our character building and development. Mm-hmm. It starts there. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put that out there. Good point, babe. Gracias. T. Mac says it's not about what others want for him. It's about how he feels and the direction God Amen. is leading him to do. Amen to that, T. Mac. Aunt Cindy says submitting ourselves to the will of God is turning everything over to him. That's how I read it. Yeah. and I agree with that. Yes. And people think that... <laughs> I mean, it's, this is a hard thing to explain because when you explain this to somebody who's not a believer, they think it's like, oh, you're kind of just giving yourself up to this imaginary thing. And it's like, no, like I think a more proper way to think about it is you're you're giving yourself up to this goal to be better as a person and to make the world around you better as a result of you being better as well. And so I think that's the one of the best ways to practically explain it to somebody who's a non-believer. Otherwise, they kind of just think you're worshiping a sky god, mm-hmm. like the sky father, and you're like, no, that's that's not what this thing's all about. And I think in modern church with, you know, all the different ideologies that are out there and everybody trying to prove that uh, their way is the way, then sometimes it gets lost because when you have these ideologies that are saying, oh, this is what a Christian looks like, X, Y, and Z, and you have to do X, Y, and Z. And you try to, you go to a church and all of a sudden you're not fitting X, Y, and Z. Then it's like, oh, I guess I'm just not a Christian then. Mm -hmm. And I know there's, um, I know there's a lot of people that I've talked to that have just said, yeah, I went to this church and then I left because they just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. That's kind of um, um, what's going to happen in the next clip that we go into. Right. Yeah. So if you stick around, um, the next topic that we are going to be covering is a popular YouTuber. I think she has almost 2 million subscribers. If She might be over 2 million. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, Shameless Maya, she's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Makes very good content. I used to watch her all the time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah me too. And uh, she just put out a video uh, this past week about her testimony. Uh, before we get to that, though, we want to uh, react to some of the videos that you guys have sent us. Because I get a lot of videos all day long, uh, mainly from T-Mac and Austin <laughs> And uh, sometimes I don't get to go through all of them, but I do try to pick out some of the ones that um, I think are funny or that may apply to the topics that we're covering. So we're going to react to a little compilation of a couple of videos that you guys have sent us. Oh, this will be fun. Yes, here we go. <laughs> Wait for it. That's Kenya that. all day. <laughs> that perfectly represents oh, Kenya. Being cold, yeah. Yeah, cold, cold when it's just, just unnecessary. It's no, like it's actually it's like, cold. It's like eighty degrees in here, and like, just like I'm cold. It's like, well, can I at least turn on the fan? No, you can't turn on the fan. It's too breezy. I'm like, geez, man. Like, and I'm a cold natured person. So normally when I'm in a room, I'm on it hotter than the average person but i'm like i met you i was like man like your blood may be a little thin listen i thought i had it i thought i was anemic went to the doctor got my blood taken they were like no you're fine so i'm like okay amen to that amen to that i'm just always cold 
<laughs> All right, here's our next clip. This is actually so, a clip that I brought. I think it's I very it important, as you have heard from so many wise words of our vice leaders, president. For us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, certainly to this see one. the moment in time in which we exist and just are see present. It. Mm, just and see to it. be able to contextualize it. Preach, girlfriend. To understand where we exist understand in the it. history mm. and in the moment as it relates not only to the past but the future. Woo, I felt that thing. Woo, that was beautiful. What was the topic? That wasn't a topic. I just thought that was just wise words from our vice president. You just got to understand the moment in time that we are living in and the present moment because that's the only moment that we have. Biggest word salad I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Yeah, that was a word salad. <laughs> I would biggest agree. Biggest word salad. That's the vice president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. All right, last clip. What's one thing you're proud to say that you taught him? I am proud to say that I've taught him given him like really good financial oh advice on saving you give me some advice but i don't listen to it let me make this clear so all y'all see <laughs> i don't so take advice from people less successful than me huh? <laughs> see that's when you know your narcissism leads to your downfall because he went through what he went through, and he lost a lot of money as a result. And I'm not saying that Kim K is a model citizen, but, you know, when somebody's asking your wife, like, hey, what do you think he's taught him? And you're not being supportive of her in that moment. Especially, like, I think that's a big in issue. front of a whole bunch of other people. Not a good look. Right. But then it cuts to, you know, a clip of his song, and then you kind of see, like, okay, where does this you know, mentality come from. Yeah. And so, especially for somebody who claims he's a believer, I know that's something that he wrestles with. Hopefully he starts aiming, you know, more truer towards Christ. So I'm curious um, to see like what his new wife's direction is. Yeah. He has a new wife? Yeah, he's married. Oh yeah, he did get married. But I thought it was like a joke. I thought he got divorced. Again. I thought so too. I can't then, keep up with Kanye. But then I saw something the other day, he was somewhere with his new wife and I was like, oh, Okay. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right. Before we get going, T Max said, That was rude of Kanye. <laughs> I can see uh, my mom saying that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's Aunt Sydney. She said, But it was everything you need to know. Vote. <laughs> hey, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. <laughs> my mom said, She said nothing. No, you have to say it like your mom. She said nothing. She said nothing. Mm, yeah, that was. <laughs> Buns. All right, we're about to get into our second topic. Thank you guys for rocking out with us. Let's do it. Shameless Faith. Man, Shameless Maya breaks down, you know, how she was wandering in the wilderness, but now she has found Christ. Quality people, this is the quality life, and that's a life that leads you closer to Christ. Make sure that you. Because we are on a mission to spread practical religion. religion guys shameless maya is a big big youtuber and she admits in this testimony that she's wrestled up and down with her faith she went through i guess girls that would call it like the hoe phase or the uh i'm gonna be bad all by myself phase the little tyler perry phase uh, i don't think she went through a hoe phase did you watch uh. the whole testimony 
Oh, I just. She had the shaved head, and she was. Oh yeah, I remember that. She said she was sleeping around. We'll get to that next week because we're only going to react to the first like ten minutes of this, Um, and then next week we'll break it down further. Wow, I remember the shaved head face. Oh yeah, that's when I stopped watching her. Oh, that's when you stopped watching. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, so I guess you felt more sanctified than her, didn't you? No. I just was not interested in the content at the time. Oh, well, yeah. That's kind of why I stopped watching her because I was just like, oh, this is not where my life is headed. So I'm just not watching her. But I always enjoyed her content when I did. So, hey, let's get into this breakdown, though. (laughs) Wrong video. Where do I begin? Let's start with I was born and raised as a Catholic. My mom is a hardcore Catholic Filipino woman, okay? (laughs) So we had to go to Sunday school. We had to go to church every Sunday. And I will say that I I never enjoyed Catholic church. I went to a Catholic school. There's nothing, there's nothing (laughs) religious. There's nothing like spiritual about it. Like there's nothing about walking in the ways of God about it. It's literally from my experience, it's rituals, practices, um, because in, in Sunday school, I never actually read the Bible. In Catholic school, like... Hold up. Hmm. In Sunday school, they next, never actually read the Bible. That That's is interesting. That is interesting. Like, I don't know how Catholic school goes down. I've only heard bits and pieces. But that's wild if they, they never read the Bible and they yeah, claim and to, be, to be there. You know, that's supposed to be the authority. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that she says like it didn't feel spiritual because I think a lot of people uh, with, you know, the Orthodox uh, tradition and the Catholic tradition, that's kind of their big thing is like we're big on tradition. And in the Protestant movement, it's like, no, we're big on the word and being led by the Holy Spirit. And so that's how the two contrast each other. Mm -hmm. And so some people find that they can, you know, better serve God through the the traditions because that's how they feel like they're growing in Christ. And there's good fruit that comes from that. And then on the other side, some people are like, no, I I can't do the tradition. I need to be a little more free Mm -hmm. in how I do things for Christ. And I think both are fine as long as you are, you know, you know, climbing up the mountain towards Jesus, like we always say. Mm We never read the Bible. I think they were quoting from the Bible, but we never actually read the Bible. And we also studied world religion. That's um, we studied all the other religions, but uh, okay, so that is about. So, so was this at, because she said she went to Catholic school, right? Catholic Sunday school. I think she was talking about Sunday school. So it was strictly Sunday school. I think so. Yeah, because that's weird, because it sounds like she's she said just going to Catholic. school. Yeah, yeah, I at, don't know. At, at the same time, but then she said Sunday school. Yeah. And so. Oh, that's interesting. And I, she's in, she's from Canada, right? She moved to Canada. She moved to Canada. Okay, so she's from like the States? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, let's okay. proceed. Um, so because I was raised in a Catholic church, we always said these things that I never questioned because I had been saying them since I was a kid. At the age of 18, I remember stopping in church, opening my eyes and looking around and, and saying to myself, what am I saying? And if I recall, it was... I believe in the Pope. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Now, I was like, I, I agree with the, maybe the last three. I don't believe in the Pope because I don't know who he is, and I don't believe in this establishment 
Now, that's good to have the clarity of mind to in the discernment, especially when you're placed in <clears throat> that environment um, as a child or as a kid growing up in there. And a lot of people are, will just willingly accept it, like, okay, yeah, this is this is what we do. But the fact that she was able to question it and then have the discernment to decipher, you know, what was true part, yeah. and what was false, that that shows you know, great wisdom on her part, especially mm-hmm. at a young age as she was coming up. And so actually, I think that kind of gets us into our first point. First of all, we want to pose this question, though. And that question is, have you gone down the rabbit hole trying to find God in everything but the Word? Yes. Yes, I have. In what way? In what way? Can you please In what that? way? Oh my gosh! I mean, okay. don't you don't have to go in depth, yeah. but just kind of. Yeah, what way? Um, I just, I just seeked everything but the Bible, um, just like. But you were trying to find God. In yeah, a sense. like yeah. I knew, like I knew God was real, right. and I, I, I already knew all of that. But I guess I didn't know how to actually live that out and what that looked like. Mm-hmm. So instead of like seeking reading the Bible, I would go to like crystals or I'd go to reading spiritual books and things mm-hmm. like that. But I just knew that wasn't it. No, I mean, that that's a really good point. Um, first point that we have is don't attempt to find God in places that are not truly following God, mm-hmm. which is important. So we, we go back to the point we talked about with Granger, where he was seeking, you know, wise counsel. And so if you are looking to grow closer to God, if you're trying to find God, one, you should seek the word for yourself, but then you should also seek counsel in the word um, and not in, you know, secondary and secondary books or secondary things like, you know, like you said, crystals and things like of that nature. And as you'll see, um, Maya had a similar struggle. Let's mm-hmm. continue. So if I can't agree to what I'm saying, I should not be coming here. And I remember my mom being really mad at me and I'm just like, I don't want to go to a place that I don't feel good in. I don't agree with what they're saying. And so I stopped going to church at 18. And then I remember having to figure out my own way. Now I moved to Vancouver. I was 23, 23 when I moved to Vancouver. And I would still pray. I would still have conversations with God. And I attempted to read the Bible for the first time. And I did it like a noob. I started in, by opening it and reading like the first closet. page. And like, that's not how you read a Bible. It's crazy how she like grew up in the church, went to Sunday school, all that. And it took until she was 25 mm-hmm. to like attempt to actually read the Bible. Like, right. that's I mean, wild. Honestly, it kind of took me the same thing. It's like, well, I would read sections of the Bible, but not actually going through it and trying to put it together because like when you're a kid and you and they give you a children's book and then you have this bible with all these words on it it's like so much easier it's like fast food versus like cooking a nice healthy home cooked meal it's like ah, if I'm going to read then I'd, I'd rather read the children's version of it <laughs> but easy. then you know as you grow up you need to start ma- getting a better understanding and maturing in your faith and i think a lot of people don't mature in their faith in a way and is not necessarily encouraged um, in a sense where uh, people are showing their children or 
just showing the the generations below them like hey this is how you actually walk it out it's more of a a verbal message of yeah read your bible make sure you stay in your word all the clichés and i think that's why a lot of people are really struggling today because they have these they hold they're holding fast to these clichés that are in their mind as far as what they should do and to an extent, yes, that's what you should do, but they haven't grown past the cliches, mm-hmm. and that's really travesty. When you are um, new to this walk, literally you open the Bible and it doesn't make any sense. Like you read the story about the creation of heaven and earth, and then you end up in Adam and Eve, and then you end up with the genealogy of them, like who they gave birth to. And I'm just like, why do I need to know their names and how old they are? Yeah, if you start, yeah. if you just start there, I mean, you're just gonna think it's crazy. Yeah, because then you don't understand the what that, yeah, what that all is actually pointing to, mm-hmm. and we're not gonna get into the creation story. We can do that another day, but you won't understand what is the, the importance of that story and why it's actually included in the Bible, and you, you'll just be lost from the get go because then it won't. Everything else won't make sense. So here we go. So I stopped reading the Bible. And then instead of reading the Bible, I'm like, I, re- I need to read something. So I read The Secret. That book nope. is a book of tricks. Yeah. <laughs> and they work, but they're tricks. I pause so I read The Secret and I was reading books on court. Yeah, I remember when I was going through like my self-discovery, finding God journey, that The Secret book and The Secret documentary came up a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, it did. And I... Like, attempted to watch the documentary, and I was just like, this is off. Like, something about this is off. And after that, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you don't know what the secret is, I have the synopsis pulled up. Oh, and just, Um, sorry. And just, like, how it was developed and, like, the origins of it is just, like, a lot. So here's the synopsis. It says, Bernie reintroduces, Bernie's the author, reintroduces a notion originally popularized by persons such as Madame... Blavatsky, Norman, Vincent Peale, that thinking about certain things will make them appear in one's life. Bernie provided examples of historical persons who have alleged or have allegedly achieved this. Bernie uh, cites a three-step process as believe and receive. This is based on a quotation from uh, Bibles, Matthew 21, 22, all things, whatever ye shall ask in prayer, believe ye shall receive. Bernie highlights the importance of gratitude and visualization and achieving one's desires along with the examples or with, along with the alleged examples. Later chapters describe how to improve one's prosperity, relationship, and health with more general thoughts about the universe. And... The reason I say that's an L is because it's not that you don't just think stuff and then just receive it. I mean, it's not like you're not this genie that just can magically make immaterial things appear. It's like you have to have faith. And like we said earlier with Granger, faith is actually having a goal. And when you have a goal, you have to move towards that goal. And so it's not just believe and receive and you can achieve and all that you know i would argue that yeah i mean i think the whole law of attraction thing does work because it's seeking like even though you're not getting it from god like you're getting it from satan you know so 
I would say like it does work, well, which is the problem. Well, I would say like it works if you if you actually live it out. Like if you go through the process of saying, hey, if you set your goal and you set your intentions, but people make the mistake and where they're being deceived by just this one verse out of context is that they could just think stuff and sit back and have it happen. Like when people use like the law of attraction, um, they're saying, okay, I'm thinking this and I'm going to do what I need to make it happen. But the problem that makes it, I guess, Luciferian in a sense is that they don't have, they're not seeking to glorify God and to make, you know, the world better in a sense. And so, yeah, that's what I would say to that. So yeah, um, let's get back into shameless mind. physics, and it was all talking about God, but in a very scientific way, which I enjoyed. Now, fast forward to living in New York with my husband, and I got a job as a cocktail waitress working nightlife. And I remember when I started working nightlife, I was like, yo, this is not a place for Christians. You are surrounded by alcohol, you're surrounded by drugs, you're surrounded by <coughs> like ego. It's all about ego. Yeah, Who can get into the club? Because I was working in like these very exclusive clubs and they would like profile you at the door. You would have these walls. Like notice how she said, when you're in a environment that's not necessarily seeking Christ or that's not, you know, a place of good character and you're not surrounded by people, it's not a virtuous environment, let's put it that way, then she said it was surrounded by ego. And the ego is what we have to put to death. Like you have to deny yourself, like mm -hmm. Granger said in the last, to follow Christ for the uh, embetterment of yourself, but also, you know, the people around you and the world around you. But when you your ego is taking hold of you, well then that's when you start to produce evil in the world. That's when you start, you know, shaming people. That's when you start, you know, just doing these things that are frowned upon in society that people, you know, know are inherently evil. Street guys coming in with their business suits and they're like, like coke, cocaine. And I had never seen People do coke or cocaine. I felt like such a newbie. Like I remember one of the guys dang. comes up to me and he's like a regular. He he has this little necklace, a little vial, and he opens it. And he's like, here, here, Maya. Like, I felt so bad because he genuinely was they just they just pass out cocaine to like, the like Wolf of to Wolf the Street. employees. Yeah. Just like that's crazy. Just being like caring. If you fall out, who's gonna serve my drink? That's, 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 that's your how, concern? That's just here. how I think. Have some. And, that's crazy. Like, I could see he genuinely was like, it's almost like saying like, here, here's 50 bucks. Right. And I was like, like no, I'm okay. And he's is? like, are you sure? Like, really? Oh, like, she's the crazy one. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, she's the crazy one. You sure you don't want to sniff this cocaine and ruin your health and your life? That's, that's just He's nice. like, huh. Get out of here. Like, what am I watching right now? Where am I? And I just remember saying to myself, this is no place for married people or Christians. And I was married. Amen. Amen. So I yeah. definitely agree. Like nightlife, even if you're working mm -hmm. nightlife, but if you claim you're, like that you're a Christian, I don't think that is the place to be. It's probably not a wise move. No, 
that at all. Like just so much stuff goes down and just so much evil is around. Right. I mean, also, if you're just seeking, you know, friendship or seeking Mm. adventure in nightlife, that's probably not the wisest thing to do. And people always are like, why am I getting so let down? Like, I go out and I'm trying to make friends. And it's like, how do you go out and try to make friends? Like, are you going out to the club or are you going, you know, into like a singles group where, you know, you're surrounded by people who are at least attempting to strive for the right things? It's like, you have to go and surround yourself with the people that not only of good character, but that you, you got to surround yourself with the people that you want to be like, mm-hmm. in a sense. So you can't say that I want a woman with good character if you're looking for, you know, a woman as a man and then, you know, go to the club and try to wife somebody who's you find at the club. It just, that generally is not going to work out for the best. So that's also when I started my YouTube channel. Especially um, if she offers the, you cocaine. It really was a challenge to be shameless, to not be afraid of, uh, shame, fears, labels, to not judge. It was really to embrace this new lifestyle. So in doing that, I, I was also starting my walk with God in the biblical sense. Um, I was reading all these self-help books, The Power of Positive Thinking, like is The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, all these books. They she were all like quoting the Bible. That was kind of wild. The book I had never I'll take it. got around to finishing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible just as a challenge because I clearly love a challenge. I managed to finish the New Testament. And when I was reading Amen. it, I was really looking for the words of Jesus because I really like if he is the son of man, if he is a child of God, I want to know what he is saying. Now, that's that's the point right there. And it was interesting that she said that when she was in the nightlife environment, it was hard to be shameless, which is wild because that's kind of the environment that you would think, oh, I could just go and be myself. But she felt shame and she wasn't able to be shameless until, you know, she was submitted herself Mm -hmm. to Christ, which is, it kind of seems paradoxical, but you're, you're, you're submitting to something. Everybody's submitting to something. It's like, but what are you, what you're submitting to is, you know, the question, right? And so we want to submit to things that are higher and that are going to raise our being, elevate our being. And so our second point, guys, second point is if our faith is based off Jesus, we must hold his words as superior. And that's exactly what she was saying and what she was alluding to. He was like, hey, I was really focused when I read the New Testament on the words of Jesus because that's what Christians are always saying this thing is about. And the reason that I didn't rock with my Catholic upbringing is because it was too much of a focus on the tradition and not enough focus on you know Jesus and who he was. And so we have a Bible verse, ladies and gentlemen. And that Bible verse is, it is not up on the screen. Hold up. All right, let me see if we're supposed to go to John 14. I guess they're just not popping up. I don't know what's going on. Okay, there we go. All right, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father 
also i mean that's beautiful that's beautiful and so it's basically saying like hey jesus jesus is saying like i'm the way the truth and the life like you need to focus on me because uh, i am the truth and as a result you are able to live more freely and when you start placing your focus and you start you know elevating you know the traditions over me then you know this is how people get lost and that's kind of been the theme of our week and so i was really inspired by his word and the bible came at the perfect time because our marriage started to like fall apart and the only thing i had minus the positive thinking books was now the bible and um i remember like me pursuing this walk like repulsed my husband like he was so repulsed by it like i never even invited him to church and he would just say i'm not going to church with you and i'm like i didn't even ask you to because at this point i had learned it's not up to me like i have to give this over to god the only thing i can fix is me so if i can fix myself if i can work on me let's start there i remember there is a scripture before you deal with the speck in your neighbor's eye, deal with the log that is mounted in your eye. And I was just like, that verse hit me so hard because we can spend so many, so much attention and time on noticing the flaws in other people. That's an opportunity to look at yourself and be like, if I can notice that on them, what am I not seeing on me? <laughs> like, do I got food on my face that I'm not seeing? And yes, you do. FYI, huh? if you are noticing other people's <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's funny because it's like, you know, we can spend so much time like, oh, that person looks like this right. or that person could do this better. And, and it's like, well, there, what is that? There might be something right. on you that you have no idea that you have an issue with. Just because you can't smell your stank don't mean you don't stank. <laughs> That's yeah. what my mom always used yeah. to say. You can't smell it, but I can smell it. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, I guess good practice, you know, because I think we all go right. through that. We all do that is to like in the moment catch ourselves mm -hmm. and be like, okay, God, I see that on them. What am, what am I missing on myself? Point it out to me. Help me fix it. And let's get better. Yeah, clean yourself up before, you know, how are you going to tell somebody they're dirty if you look like you've been rolling around in the mud? It's crazy. Flaws, you have major issues you need to work through. So I just remember, like, yeah, he was just like, stay away from me, like, you religious, <laughs> contagious woman, you. And yeah, um, that's sad. I, I tried everything. I tried everything. But at the end of the day, he did not want to be married to me. And I just remember giving him an ultimatum. Like, either you're married and we work through our problems, or you don't want to be married and we end this. Because this yo-yo thing is not working. Anyways, ended up in divorce, um, being heartbroken. But I remember giving everything I had to God while being a student and learning. Because I was still learning. I was still new in this whole Christian journey. And so while I was reading the New Testament of the Bible, I was like, I guess I should go to church. Like that's the thing that Christians do, right? So I started to go right. to church and I learned that, oh, there are churches that are not Catholic. There are literally no popes and bishops and they're pastors and you can be married and have a family. I'm like, oh, you can do that while teaching the word of God. I didn't know. So I was doing yeah, that. That's wild. And again, this was really just 
my walk with God. I wasn't trying to indoctrinate anyone. I was just trying to get right because I felt so off. And up until this point, like throughout my 20s, things would happen to me. Like I was an easy target for car accidents, for drama, like always in fights. And I just remember like I just kept going to church, kept giving what I could to God, tithing, doing all of that. And my life started to get better and improve. There you go. It's like... It's crazy. That is the power of following Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's like when you start to implement and build yourself up in Christ, your life starts to become better. More peaceful. Yeah, the things around you start to become clearer. You start to see him in the world rather than, you know, looking for certain things to happen, looking for, you know, your church to do this for you, looking for God to give you a sign or a wonder or a, work a miracle inside of you. It's like, no, like seek him and the miracles manifest themselves out openly. Um, and that's that gets us right into our last point. And our last point is the journey to Christ is the only self-improvement plan that you need. Yes. And I second that. We say that because there's a lot of you know, different books, like you said, self-improvement books out there. And a lot of them are, you know, quoting the Bible and Mm -hmm. a lot of them aren't quoting it correctly, directly or correctly, (laughs) um, or in the proper context. And so you have to be aware of that. And not to say that you can't read a self-help book, because I think there is, you know, good things that you can take from self-help books. But you you need to really be discerning and understand that you're not going to find God through a self-help book. If you want to find God and you want to connect with God, you got to go back to the source. It's like what we always say, you got to get back to the fundamentals, right? Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into our last Bible verse. This is Kenye's Bible verse. Why don't you read that? And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Now, I think that was great because it's like it shows you, hey, like you seek God you're going to find God, but it's you got to go to the source, right? Yeah. And if you also got to make sure that you're seeking him in the in the proper way. Correct order, yes. In the correct order. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Now, this has been fun. Um, we got one more topic to do. We're going to get into our second hangout. Long stream today, but we are having fun. And if you like this video, make sure that you check out this video in front of me. And don't be serve the alpha. And, and Omega. Omega. We'll be right back. Yeah, but here's the truth. Here's the, the truth. truth is I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. So why in the world? I'm not saved because I'm a better man. Yeah, you're not saved because you're better than the other person. You're saved because you recognize that. You need a savior. That you, well, yeah, that you need a savior and that you're not capable of living up to your own moral code. Because of that, now I can receive the grace of God and I can 
live out and extend that grace to others. Once upon a time, humans thought that the world revolved around the earth or the solar system revolved around the earth. Then we got new information and everybody had to change their perspective. And that's kind of how a spiritual walk is. First, we're earthly centered. We think about things that everything revolves around, you know, earthly materials. We chase after money, we chase after, you know, women or relationships or whatever the thing may be. And then once we get new information, once we're exposed to the gospel, then it becomes, you know, heliocentric, right? We're focused around the sun, which is Christ. A lot of people are disciplined in certain areas of their life. You're a go-getter chasing after this business. You're a go-getter being disciplined in your sport. But are you a go-getter when it comes to seeking the things of God? Like seek the kingdom of God just as hard as you do all these other worldly things and he will reveal himself to you. Like just as you want someone that's good character, that has good character and also attractive right. like you have to be those things too and i think right you have yeah. to be those things first also yeah so you can attract that you know it said you should never try to push someone to god so that you can benefit because that's out of order that's that's actually backwards the ideal thing to do is that you're both walking in god's purpose for you and then now you're in a position where god can bless you with a fruitful relationship Quality Hangout Part 2. What's up, guys? Time to read your comments and answer your questions. Make sure Fight that you... Hey, we don't want to be quality by ourselves. Let's acknowledge some quality comments, though. Kenya, pop All them on the screen. Right. My mother says, I'm glad you got rid of those crystals. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Zonia says, but look at God. Amen. That experience is part of her testimony, and she is sharing the futility of those objects. Also, like, we're just getting started. Like, there's still, like, 20 minutes left, and so we might do, like, five. And I, I cut that down as much as I could so it wouldn't be uh, so long. Uh, but, yeah, she's got, she's got some awesome stuff that she's uh, yet to reveal. Aunt Cindy says, the prophet Muhammad was seeking God, went to a cave, heard voices, and founded a different religion. I think he had been warned against doing that by a Christian. So close to the truth. Yeah, he also married a nine-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, and there was just a debate. Uh, a Muslim debated a Christian on, um, I guess, child brides, and that was kind of interesting i've only seen a couple clips uh, but we might react to that next week because it that was does sound interesting it was kind of wild it was kind of wild but if anybody who thinks you should marry a child or do anything with a child do yeah. the splat the splat it's gross it's buns um okay so uh we asked uh have you gone down the rabbit hole of trying to find god in everything but the word, we had five votes. 80% said no. So shout out to y'all. Uh, and then 20% said yes. And I would say I've definitely gone down, you know, the rabbit hole of not necessarily like crystals and stuff, but just different schools of thoughts because I kind of wanted to understand where everybody was coming from. 
And I mean, I've even gone down rabbit holes, not even knowing like, okay, I'm not, I'm probably not going to agree with anything at the end of this, but just to get a better understanding of how it was formed so that I could better understand, you know, how to evangelize to those people if need be. Yeah. Like I remember going through like all the religions and like studying them for like a little bit just to see whichever one felt the best you know <laughs> right <laughs> and about none your of the, feelings yeah, my feelings and i was <laughs> just like feel something like no none of them just tickle my fancy i guess that's crazy <laughs> we have any more um sonia says a secret is a lie yeah and uh, she also says, point number two, yes, not money, not power, just Jesus. Yes, we just follow his teachings. Because the, the thing about that, too, is everything in the Bible is pointing towards Christ. And so as a Christian, we believe that he is the fulfillment of you know all of the wisdom that is in the Bible. And so when you are comparing, you know, this Bible verse versus this Bible verse or whether you should follow like an Old Testament law. It's like, no, it's like we follow the authority first and then we work down because Jesus, like we say, we always say Jesus is at the top of the mountain and that's where we're working up towards. And Aunt Cindy says, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Amen Amen to that. Amen Amen. Amen to that. Hey, did y'all know that Snapchat may be the biggest drug dealer on the planet. No, it's serious. It's serious. I don't need you guys to boo me, but they just might be. And we found a story yesterday, and it's going to be our last topic. Uh, We're going to try to do it quick because I know this is a long stream. But this was just too good not to cover, and so we are about to get into that now. Snapchat drug deals. I don't like where this is going. They're facing some lawsuits alleging that their algorithm is connected to teens doing drugs. Quality people, this is the quality life, and that's a life that leads you closer to Christ. Make sure that you... Because we are on a mission to spread practical religion. Guys, uh, you just can't make this stuff up. And honestly... Social media can be used for great good, and that's what we try to utilize our platform for. But there's a lot of <laughs> nefarious activity that is also going on, and here is just an example. Only on Fox 11 now tonight, Snapchat is facing dozens of lawsuits alleging the social media giant based in Santa Monica has an algorithm responsible for connecting teens to drug dealers. Fox 11's Hal Eisner is here now with more. Hal. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's crazy. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh, their algorithm like purposefully connects the teens to the drug dealers. I'm not so sure about that, but the yeah, fact I have that my my doubts. But the fact that things like this that you're about to see are going on, kind of crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. This, this right here is the experience. Sorry. I was just gonna say it's wild. I haven't been on Snapchat since like middle college. Right. So it's kind of crazy to see there's a whole lawsuit going on with them. Yeah, I get occasional Snapchats from a couple of my friends, but like that's that's it. 
and that otherwise I'm just not on the platform. Standard version of a lawsuit filed back in October. It says things like this. Despite Snap promoting and portraying Snapchat as a goofy app for kids to use and send each other silly pictures, the suit says it's known that a common use it is, is a an open-air drug market. That. The suit sets out to put a dent in that. We're suing over the non-speech behaviors that endanger children on these platforms. Sam Chapman's one of 65 families suing Snapchat, not over free speech, but the system's algorithms, which Chapman claims have connected young people like his son Sammy with drug dealers, and in too many cases to their untimely deaths. Sammy died in 2021. The lawsuit Did basically calls out the, the algorithms that... Yeah, I think that was... Uh... Like, I guess that was implied because uh. because he was connected through Snapchat to these drug dealers. He must exactly. have died from like an overdose or something uh, okay. that wasn't explicitly they mentioned. They used to drive drug dealers to our children. This is not a class action suit, but 65 individual lawsuits served on Snap Incorporated Tuesday night. Now that sucks. Dang, 65? Yeah. And, I mean, there's all these conspiracy theories, and it's also been proven in the past that, you know, the government, you know, they'll encourage, you know, drug deals to happen. And they won't stop drug dealers sometimes, even if they know exactly what they are and what they're doing, because it low-key stimulates the economy. So, yeah. and that could be at play with through Snapchat now, which is kind of wild to think about. But 65 lawsuits, that's, that's not a small amount. The families want algorithm changes. Sounds like they're going to be settling a lot. To allow child monitoring software so parents can protect their kids drawn to colorful drug menus like this one. Look at that. So that's like a menu where you can order drugs and it has like codes down basically that the kids know, but that the app won't pick up as like, okay, this is like nefarious activity that's going on. So everything's kind of in code. I mean, it's the same thing. Like when you're on the streets, you have code names for different things so that you don't get quote-unquote caught. Yeah. And more. Drug dealers use symbols, emojis to advertise that they are selling drugs. Mark Berkman is with the Organization for Social Media Safety, who along with Chapman say special emojis are serving as a dark language to connect kids with drug dealers like that plug. That means plug me in. Plug typically. Yeah, I've seen the plug. That's hilarious that that guy you. said it that way. Plug though. me <laughs> in. Because, yeah, that was a huge thing when I was in college. Like, I got to find the plug. Who's the plug? Yep, like, I we use it for that. everything. It's like, are you going to be the plug? And it could have been referring to, do you got the ox? And it yeah. was like, okay, this is getting a little too, a little too crazy. But, yeah. It can mean that someone is a drug dealer. Those emojis are a way to communicate without having to put the words on the screen. Exactly. Mm. So people, children and drug dealers are using the emojis so they do not get caught by the social media platform. The lawsuits are just another salvo in the fight against fentanyl. This is 65 people with a lot of tragedy in common and one platform that was the gun, if you will, that shot the fentanyl bullet at our children. Less than an hour ago, Fentanyl's the parent no company of Snapchat responded to our request for comments saying, while we don't typically comment on active litigation, unfortunately, this amended filing is riddled with false claims about how the Snapchat app works. 
our ongoing efforts to aggressively combat drug activity on our platform and shut down drug dealers and our team members' statements. We remain deeply committed to doing our part to fight this urgent crisis that from SNAP Incorporated. And I'm assuming they want to see more regulation. I mean, yeah, that's enough of that. Well, I mean, it, it Snapchat does have a point because it's like, how are you going to prove that the algorithm is responsible for causing these deals? Yeah, because like... You can't necessarily you can't prove it. Control, one, you can't like control the algorithm. Like right. the, algor the algorithm shows you what you look for, you know? Right, right. It, it shows you what you like. So it's like... Well, yeah, so it's like it should... So like the way YouTube works is you don't even have to be subscribed to people anymore. Yeah. Like if you watch a certain person, right. when next time you pull up that homepage, if you've made, you know, your profile on YouTube and you're signed in, it's going to keep showing you the videos that you click on or videos like uh, from creators mm -hmm. like the videos that you click on. And it's YouTube has so much data now that it knows, you know, what creators are like or what the overlap overlapping audiences and so and they're constantly testing stuff and so they can put stuff in front of you that you don't know that you'll like but it already knows that you like because it's building a profile of you mm -hmm. and so the same thing's probably happening with snapchat is like these kids get on this app and they find they, they keep following people with like plug emojis or they, they keep doing things in a certain pattern and Snapchat's just feeding them the, the same sorts of patterns. Yeah. So, like, rather than blaming, oh, it's the algorithm, right. maybe think about, oh, what are your kids tuning into? Or right. maybe they need to be monitored more. Maybe you, maybe they need to be taught some street knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, as elders of Gen Z, uh, we are going to pose this question. And this question is, should we let our youth utilize social media? So I think we should, but I think there's a bigger issue at play, and it's the fact that we're not raising very discerning young people. And one of the big things is kids are being targeted with a lot of different ideology that is conflicting you know, traditional norms at a younger age. But ironically, we're not pouring wisdom into our children until, you know, it's almost like till it's too late, basically, when it's crunch time. They're like, no, like, this is actually what you should be doing. This is actually the way that you should think. This is actually the wise thing. Instead of the reverse is trying to pouring in um, to them as young as possible, making them wise so that they are discerning when they do face things out in the world. And so that actually gets us in to our first point is Gen Z. We need to reverse our values as a generation. Like a lot of the things, a lot of our values are upside down, like we talked about yesterday. And our focus needs to be on, you know, godly things, more godly things, and ideally focused on Christ. But a lot of our ideas are just spread out. And so everybody is looking at different things. And so, of course, there's not going to be any unity. And that's a dangerous road if we continue this generation to generation. And so we're here to say we need to reverse our values. And we have a Bible verse. And this is Second Chronicles 7.14. You want to read that, Kenya? 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen. Yeah, so why did you choose that verse, Kenya? Um, I just feel like it sums up the whole video. You know, I think it it would change the generation if we looked at it from a place of... Humbling ourselves first, Mm -hmm. seeking God first, repenting and changing from our old ways. Like, I think that's would change everything. Right, yeah. So my biggest thing is like, yeah, coming humbly to the throne of grace and attempting to work together, like I say all the time, to climb the mountaintop up to Jesus. I think that's really the biggest thing. I'll say that every single day on this platform, in every single segment if I have to, but it's like we really got to be humble and we really got to work with people and that's necessarily shame that well like shame is good in a sense um you should shame people but you don't do it in this like condemning and spiteful way you do it in a loving way to where you can say hey like yeah i'm not down with this behavior but let me kind of let me kind of help you. Let me guide you up this mountain because I want you to become more like Christ as I'm trying to become more like Christ as well. And so that's why I say like our values are, you know, backwards and upside down because nobody's working towards unity. Nobody's working to meet people at the top of the mountain. Everybody's working on, you know, proving whatever it is they got going on as being the best thing and turns out that everybody's focus is actually off. So our second point, we must pour wisdom into the youth earlier. And I hinted at that um, a little while ago when I said, yeah, a lot of these parents are... Not parenting. Yeah, not parenting. Or these kids aren't getting, you know, poured into or they're not getting wisdom poured into them at a younger at a young age mm-hmm. and they're being targeted at a young age and so their discernment is off and when you're a child that is when you're the most malleable and the most impressionable and it's really a shame that you know a lot of these kids grow up and they think that some of this stuff that's evil isn't evil and it's because when they were so impressionable They were being fed, you know, a lot of lies and a lot of, you know, ideology that wasn't going to be beneficial for them to make wise decisions. And a lot of times, in a lot of cases, their parents weren't there to, you know, protect them and be their covering. And Mm so, yeah, like something like I want to instill in future kiddos would be like something my dad would do. Like we would watch movies and then he would use the movie as a lesson. So right, like he yeah. like pause it and be like, okay, this is why you should do this. This is why right. you should not do this. That way, like you, it's so fun, you know. Yes, but you get the moral of the story yeah, out exactly. of it. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah, that's what's missing because a lot of things in our culture now is like based on following your heart and how you feel rather than extracting a, a lesson that is going to help you enhance your life long term. It's more about the short term self-gratification and that is actually doing the inverse is very harmful to you long term and that's why a lot of people are struggling now so our third point and our last point is we must keep alert to evil 
or keep alert to evil that tries to creep into our societies. And I mean, that's just it. It's like we have to keep alert. We have to be vigilant on these different ideologies that come. They may sound good, but at the core of it, mm-hmm. what is it? What is what is it pointing towards? Is it pointing upward towards Christ, or is it pointing? you know, downwards in a Luciferian way. And this is the Bible verse that we want to leave you with. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert like a roaring lion. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. I mean, the devil's always on the prowl. He's always going to introduce, you know, ideologies and different ideas that may seem like their good ideas may seem like they're unifying, but at the heart of it, it's bringing a lot of division and a lot of, you know, hate and evil into the world. Hey, but we want to know what you think about this. This has been a fun time. Um, If you're catching this on the replay, you're going to want to watch this video that's right in front of my face. But until next time, don't be the alpha and and omega. Like for the algorithm. like just broke out i felt so ugly guys reading and diving into the word about it one it could be way worse and two that's not what defines my beauty what defines my beauty is like i what i present to the world what god has given me you don't need to be fixed there's nothing that about you that needs to be physically fixed and that's what makes us beautiful it's like the inward work that he does some people can get so like consumed like especially as a girl like you get so consumed with oh i gotta have my lashes i have i have to have a beat face i have to look a certain way so i can get this kind of man or i can get friends i think it really takes like a point in life where it's like those things don't matter there's perfection in your perfection, and that perfection is going to come for like the work that Christ does in your life um, to make you spiritually better rather than physically better. A lot of people end up going into situationships.